Continues the MLB playoffs roll on, and we continue our NBA preview while Grant gets drunk as we talk about sports. It's Drunk Sports. I'm Jonathan Levy. That's Grant Dennison. That opening was pretty much the exact same as any sports show except for the and my co-host gets drunk part. Well, so yeah. so it's unique. It's special. <laughs> That's beer number three. Of course, Grant always starts off with two beers. He warms up, if you will. It's like swinging two bats in the on-deck circle yeah. before uh, he even gets going here. We, of course, have four levels of play along with Grant, or if you will, drink along with Grant, really. Which is a drinking game, yeah. for those who don't know. It's not just a podcast. It's a drinking game. Yeah. So, drink along with Grant. And, uh, you know, you can do whatever you want as far as drink along with Grant, but we have specific levels. Yeah. Bronze being drinking half as much as Grant. I drink 5% beers. Silver being drinking the same amount as Grant yeah. with the same type of beers, 5% beers or so. And gold being drinking along with Grant. With IPAs or strong beer, I do. We shouldn't even have gold. It's just, <laughs> but let's talk about platinum. Platinum just in case is they're new. listening at twice the speed and drinking along with Grant. Yeah, which which is done. Hey, yeah. let me ask you a question. Uh, so for the the bronze, you said it's half as much. So you could either drink one beer for every two that you drink, or I could drink two and a half percent beers, right? Uh yeah. There's really no such thing as a two and a half. What about like a beer? Schlitz? What's the alcohol content on a Schlitz? I don't know. I've never drank a Schlitz. Pretty, it's pretty low. I'll no, tell you I that. would guess it's around five. Also, really? Yeah. Right. Uh, no, actually, that's a malt liquor. It's probably like seven and a half. There's no way Schlitz beer is seven and a half. Look it up right now. I'm not looking. Look it, it up. up. Right. Someone, stop I, the podcast. Someone, <laughs> I, I'm upset. <laughs> someone listener out there, as you listen to the show, get on your phone. You know listen to it on the phone. It's called Schlitz anyway. malt liquor, right? I don't care what malt it's called. liquor is. By definition, a higher percentage alcohol than 5%. It's I'm usually really around 7 7.5%. Who do you think knows more about this, me or you? I'm going to enjoy when the listeners send a tweet storm showing you that you're wrong again about everything. So, by the way, this is how this works, folks. We split the uh, the podcast up into four quarters. First few quarters, you know, it's normal stuff. Sports talk is drink. It. Grant gets drunker and drunker. But by the fourth quarter, we do LTDFI, let the drunk fix it. He's at his drunkest, and I pose sports dilemma. Sometimes not even sports dilemmas. Well, yeah. Too grand. I never know what the sports dilemmas or not sports dilemmas are going to be. Yeah. Uh, last week was the first time we had a non-sports dilemma, and it was a bit surprising to me and the listeners. Yeah, it was, uh, it was to fix Samsung's PR problem with the Galaxy Note 7. I think you did a fantastic job. Thank you. And uh, the listeners seem to like it as well, yeah. so that's good. And, you know, well, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, I actually got a, an email from Samsung. Yeah. Look, they don't have any money to hire me, so they offered an unpaid internship. Did you take it? No. Why not? Because I need money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't we get into headliners? All right. All right. Big Ben Roethlisberger. He got hurt. He did. He gets hurt a lot. Yeah. He tore his meniscus on his left knee, and he underwent surgery. Uh, he's got no timetable set for his return, but the Steelers are, quote, confident that the injury is not long-term. He did play through the second half against the Miami Dolphins, although they lost anyway. So that ain't super cool. Um, it's not great. The Steelers are now four and two. They go, uh, actually, they stay in, at home, and the Patriots come to visit them in week seven. Then they go on by and uh, visit Baltimore. Thoughts on Big Ben being out, what this means for Pittsburgh? I want to first talk about Pittsburgh in general because I think, okay. as a team so far this year in the NFL, they've been the, the highest variance. They, they've, hmm. they've felt the least like anything matters as far as you can't draw any conclusions from what you see in a game because. 
they look phenomenal sometimes, and then they just get destroyed, including losing to the Dolphins. And they got they, they absolutely got, they got, obliterated by the Eagles. They got boat raced by the Dolphins. Yeah. So I, I'm confused by them because sometimes they look incredible. Yeah. And sometimes they just look like one of the worst teams in the NFL. Of course, Big Ben being out is going to hurt them a lot. He's a very good quarterback. I got some stats. Oh, great. Bring him up. So he played only 12 games last year. He was... Very impressive last year, but I, I'm going to go with 2014 stats because he played all 16 games. Oh, he had games. a great 2014. He had 4,952 passing yards. That's a lot. Not quite 5,000, <laughs> but quite a bit. 32 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 67% completion percentage, 8.1 yards per attempt, and a 72 QBR. Yeah. Those are really good numbers. His numbers weren't as great in 2015, but he was banged up. He only played 12 games. And some of those are injury. injury well, actually, games. his numbers were pretty good. For example, in uh, in 2014, he had 310 yards per game, which is great. In 2015, he had 328 yards per game, so he upped that a little bit. He also had a slightly higher completion percentage and uh, more yards per attempt. Oh, yards per attempt. That's really the key stat. Yards yeah. per game, not as useful as yards per attempt, right? That's that's the most meaningful stat, I think, for a quarterback. Right. So who he's going to be replaced by is Landry Jones. You got a lot of stats on him, too? I got some stats on Landry Jones. All right, Jones. bring it on. Although there's, there actually aren't a lot of stats on Landry <laughs> Jones. And, uh, is, is his name Laundry Jones or Landry Jones? It's definitely Laundry Jones. <laughs> okay, just yeah. making sure. And he owns a laundromat. Well, obviously. He, his, You'd he, have to do his that. His birth name was not Laundry Jones, but he bought a laundromat, and he changed his name to Laundry Jones. His last name wasn't Jones either. He just thought it flowed off the tongue a little bit better. That's good. No, that's really smart. It was actually Andy Leibowitz before yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Andy Leibowitz, in two games he started in his career, 11 games played total. Uh-huh. He has a good yards per attempt, actually. Nine, okay. 9.3. That is good. Um, I think some of those are like dump-offs to Martavius yeah. that he turned into like 85 yards. Yeah, the, the problem but... with him is the small sample size. Yeah. He's a 35 QBR. That's really bad. That's very poor. Yeah. I know that. Three touchdowns, four interceptions, 57% completion. So the yards per attempt is good, though. But it, it looks be, like the Steelers are in trouble. It does. We, they, they think Ben's going to be out at least a month with this. Yeah. Right? I mean, he just had surgery. It could be season-ending. It depends. I mean, I assume he's going to work hard for it not to be. So if he can come back at all, I, th- I expect he will play again this, this year. I mean, if he, he can, tough guy. if he can, he will. He's going to be a dummy about, about his long-term health. And he knows that he's an aging quarterback, and he has a finite number of chances at the Super Bowl. This is one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, he'll try. He has won two rings. Yeah, which is I know, but he, awesome. want, he wants three. He wants four. He wants five, you know? Well, he can only get one more this year. Well, depends on the format of the NFL. We're not sure yet what Goodell's going to do. Also, what rings we're talking yeah. about. There were like, how many rings were there in Lord of the Rings? There were like five, right? There were too many rings. That, that was boring. I was bored. All right. Well, we're not going to get into it right yeah. now, but I agree completely. <laughs> Quick question on the Steelers before we move on. Is it possible the Steelers are pretenders ultimately? They've had they're four and two. They're, they got blown up by Philly. They got boat raced by Miami. They beat Washington, Cincinnati, Kansas City, and the Jets pretty comfortably all those games. But they haven't really beaten anyone very good yet, right? But none of the teams that they beat are complete schlubs. Like the, yeah, that's you know, true. The Jets don't look very good right now. And the Jets are like one and five, right? Yeah. But they're kind of a schlub. They're kind of a schlub. But the other teams are not terrible. Yeah, that's for no, sure. No, you're right. Cincinnati's legit. Washington has a winning record. I think Washington's four. Kansas City's Washington's legit. winning their division. Yeah, they're at least pretty good. Kansas City's pretty good. They're legit. They won eleven games in a row last year. We got to give them something. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's roll on though. Enough of that. You know who's having a surprisingly good season, Grant? You might because yeah, I, I, I do know. I sent you ahead of time what we're going to talk about, except for the LTDFI, which is what we do now on the show because we're more prepared than ever. It's the Buffalo Bills, Grant. Yeah, they're four and two, but there's more to the Buffalo Bills than just a seemingly good record. What is it, Jonathan? They have scored more points. 
than almost anyone in the NFL. They're actually second in the NFL in points scored. 27 points per game, and they've got the best point differential in the league, sir, at plus 59 through six games. It's pretty good. Are the Bills for real? It's hard to know. I remember when they were 0-2 back in yonder year, which was, you know, a month ago, yeah. because they've won four in a row to be 4-2. and two. Yeah. And I remember you and I watching football and saying, well, Rex Ryan's getting fired. Yep, I remember that too. Yeah, and that doesn't seem like it's going to happen now, obviously. He got to play Jacoby Brissett, which was nice for him. I think it's just Brissett. I think it is. Yeah, but you, I like saying that's Brissett. your guy. That's your guy, by the way. You should eh, know that. He's not my guy. <laughs> not yet. Maybe one day. Yeah. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett. Uh, so they beat him. Although Houston got destroyed by Jacoby Brissett, so there's something to be said there, right? But yeah. they only scored 16 points against a very good Patriots defense. In fairness, plus 59 is impressive. Only Atlanta scored more points. The Bills are scoring 27 points a game, and you know what they don't do? Throw the ball. They yeah. don't throw the ball at all, dude. I, yeah, it's it's. I mean, LaShawn McCoy has been playing really well. Do you, I, do you know about this? Like, okay, how many yards per game do you think the Bills rush for through six games? I'm going to guess it's really high. It's a lot. They lead the NFL in rushing. 190. 166. Okay. 190 is an impossible number. Just FYI. Um, impossible. Impossible. I said it. How many yards per game do you think they have passing? Uh, well, I know Tyrod Taylor's total number of yards, oh, so I guess that, it's, makes it I'm going to guess it's like two, 204. 171. Oh, wow. They get five more yards passing than running for a game, and they're four and two and lead the NFL in point differential. They outscore their opponents by 10 points a game. This is crazy. This is just not something you ever see. Well, I think their defense is really good. They're only giving up 17 points per game. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that is strong. But their I, offense is really good, too. They're number two in the league in points scored. Right. So this they might have them. their defense... Yeah, the the offense with it's interesting. It's like their model is kind of like the the Ravens Super Bowl team with Trent Dilfer at quarterback. Except, well, I guess they had Jamal Lewis then, right? So they had they a really did. they had a really good running game. So it's similar. It's like a good running game, good defense type of thing. It's possible Tyrod isn't you know as bad as Trent Tyrod Dilfer is either. not bad. He's just not hyper productive. Like he, I, mean, I, I have Tyrod's numbers ahead. here, and this is another thing I want to bring up based on this actually. So. Uh, in six games, Tyrod Taylor has 1,076 yards, 63% completion, eight touchdowns, two interceptions, 70 QBR, one rush TD, 168 rush yards. No, he has like 236 rushing yards. Actually. Oh, well, maybe I misread that. But yeah. either way, he has efficient numbers, but not really high numbers. Mm-hmm. Whereas a team that's really bad has quarterback of Drew Brees, the New Orleans Saints, very bad. In five games, keep in mind, Taylor was six games. Breeze has 1,734 yards, 67% completion, 14 touchdowns, four interceptions, and a 68.5 QBR. Okay, but there's a lot of points to be made there, right? Number one is the Saints are always losing, so yeah. they're going to throw the ball constantly. Of course, of course. That's the one part of it. Two, Drew Breeze is the best player on their team even now, right? So yeah. they're going to feature that guy. Tyrod Taylor's not the best player on the Bills for sure, right? He's not the right. best offensive player I think the point the I'm, I'm trying to make here is, is you and I especially often talk about how quarterbacks are clearly the most important part of a team. Yeah. But maybe we sometimes overweigh it. I'm not sure because, I mean, Tyrod is just efficient, right? That's, He's been efficient. He hasn't made huge mistakes yet. Right. And he Bree- runs the ball And Breeze well. is clearly incredible, and the Saints can't do anything about it. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, you have one good player. You have 22 starters. If only one of yeah. your starters is incredible, you no. can't win in the NFL. No, fair enough. It's not going to do it. And can we name another incredible player on the Saints? It's hard to. Mark Ingram's okay. I don't think he counts as incredible. No, he doesn't. I mean, Brandon Cooks, he's not incredible. No. These guys are mediocre players at their positions, right? That's all they are. I mean, they're above average. Barely? Yeah, they're above average. Okay, but no, but no one who's going to threaten to make the Pro Bowl on offense, right? There may be like a defensive Brandon lineman Cooks they have. Brandon Cooks could make the Pro Bowl this year. 
He's got a it's very. Doable. It's pretty unlikely. It's doable. He's not going to be all pro. I'll tell you that. Probably right. not. No chance. All right. I, I guess I'm wondering if there's a bit of a, a paradigm shift in the NFL happening right now where defense is becoming more predictive of success than it used to be because there. I think I feel like everywhere from the Ravens in the early 2000s winning with Trent Dilfer as quarterback until the Seahawks winning when Russell Wilson was just efficient and not that good. It was mostly like the offenses won everything. And then since then, the defenses have been the key factors in, in the team's winning. Well, I mean, the Seahawks won, then the Patriots won the year after. Do you think the Patriots defense was a key factor in them winning? I mean, well, they were good, but the offense was clearly more Yeah, important. that was, okay, That, that uh, fine. But I, I'm thinking about the Seahawks and the Broncos, I guess. The Broncos are your best example. I mean, the Seahawks had an efficient, strong offense as well as a great defense, right? Yeah. Their defense was better, was the best in the league, but their offense was still really, really good. And Russell Wilson was great. So, I mean, I don't think we can compare him to, like, Peyton Manning or... Simeon or Trent Dill for anything like that. That is just unfair. Right. Fair enough. Um, so there. So so there. Okay. I guess I was just trying to make a little point about quarterback stats not always translating to team success. Well, no, but the difference is I think it's really hard to win 14 games if you're not getting great quarterback play. It's possible, but it happens rarely. But yeah. the, like if you look at all the teams that win 12 games or more in the last 10 years, I bet most of them are getting fantastic po- quarterback play. Maybe 15% right. aren't. And Tyrod, Tyrod has talent, and he's doing a fine job. He's just not phenomenal. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Okay, but, So I guess the, the heart of the question you asked was, are the Bills legit? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. There you go. They lost to the Jets and the Ravens. Yeah. They beat the Cardinals at home. They beat the Patriots with the, the third-string quarterback. They went to St. Louis and beat the Rams, which is impressive. They beat the 49ers at home. Upcoming is Miami, Patriots, Seattle, Cincinnati. I mean, they could go one and three really easily. Yeah. Really, really easily. So you don't think they're legit either? I think their numbers are better than they are right now. I don't expect them to continue this run of success. Do you think they make the playoffs? No. All right. I don't know who does. I haven't gone that far, but no. <laughs> okay. I do have a blood feud against Rex Ryan, in fairness, as the, a Patriots The Bills have fan. not made the playoffs in the 2000s. It's been... Wow, really? Yeah, it's that long. But they had Drew Bledsoe on their team for, like, uh, years. Yeah. Drew Bledsoe, yeah. So sick. All right, let's move on. The MLB playoffs, something we do not discuss normally on this show. No, we're not big baseball guys. Nope, we sure aren't. But let's talk a little bit about it anyway, because something interesting is happening. First of all, Cleveland, the Cleveland Indians, are up 3 nothing on the Toronto Blue Jays in the ALCS and are... Extremely likely to go to the World Series. Only one team has ever come back. Did you not see Fever Pitch, the movie featuring Jimmy Fallon? I did see that movie, actually, with with Drew Barry. So how could you say that, then? Um, that movie was based on a book, which was about uh, soccer in England. That's so. It's all. It can't. It's none of it's Oh real. my god! You just ruined tales. my life. Yeah, sorry, bro. Oh no! It's by the guy who wrote about a boy. Anyway, Hugh Grant is wonderful. <laughs> he always is. He's a he's a dream. <laughs> so uh, so Cleveland's up three nothing. By the way, the Indians last won a World Series in 1948. So it's been a while. It's been a little little bit of time. The best team in baseball all year has been the Chicago Cubs. They're currently tied one one with the LA Dodgers in their series. To be clear. About how good the Cubs are, also, they have by far the best run differential in baseball. They outscored their opponents by 252 runs this season. Next best was 184 for the Red Sox. Next best in the National League was 151 for the Nats. So they scored 100 more runs than their opponents than the second best team in the National League. That's pretty good. It's pretty incredible. So they, yeah. they're even though they're tied 1-1. They are pretty big favorites to make. I and mean, you can never be that big in baseball with a five-game series. Sure. But they are much more likely seven, than not. Seven-game series? Well, they've already, they're already won one. Oh, so it's a five-game series yeah, yeah. the rest of the way. Um, I would put them at you know a strong 65%, 70%, even though the Dodgers have got some 
great pitching and things like that. The Dodgers are not the Cubs. So oftentimes, most of the time, the Cubs are going to win. Okay. So what you wanted to get at, I assume, is the legacy of these teams. Yes, exactly. The Cubs have not won since 1908. We could have two teams that essentially haven't won the World Series in 60 eight years or more playing each other. A lot more for the Cubs. Yes, two teams that are sort of considered cursed. Now, Cleveland as a city was considered cursed because they hadn't won a championship as a city since 1963, but the Cavs got them off the schneid, and, you know, now they won. Is it possible Cleveland's going to win two championships in a row is my question. Okay, so let's start with Cleveland. Okay. This this must be a crazy thing for Cleveland sports fans. Yes. I have never been to Cleveland, and I don't think I really know anybody. I've been there. My grandparents used to live there. Actually, I know one person from Cleveland, and so do you, Zach Resnick. But other than that, I don't really know anybody from Cleveland. And I know the culture of Cleveland based on the way ESPN presents it to me, basically. Uh, But, you know, they've they've had economic difficulties similar to Detroit, but not as bad as Detroit. That's right. Uh, And they've had their sports teams are kind of a big part of the culture and their economy and their sports teams have been so bad. And now, and now this year they have LeBron just a single-handedly deciding to win the NBA finals. Yep. And if they, they have a, they have a shot to win the world series too. I mean, right now the Cleveland Indians are probably the favorite to win the world series only because they're three Oh on the blue Jays and the other teams. That's are just, on that's the other just side. crazy to think about that as a sports culture in the city of Cleveland. I yeah. mean, like how they've just had this culture of losing so downtrodden. So many people in their lifetimes have never seen a championship. And now it's just like, Oh, we're going to get championships in all the sports. No big deal. Yeah. It gets easy. You know, yeah. it gets less fun. Actually. The first one's always the best. That's you know, pretty cool. The, uh, the Indians, the last time in the world series was, you know, like early two thousands or something. They were playing the Marlins and they went to game Bobby seven. Bonita. Bobby Bonilla? Bobby Bonita. Did you call him? Yeah, Bonita is not his last name. <laughs> That's okay. They were playing the Marlins, not and they went to guy. game seven, I think lost in the 11th inning on an Edgar Renteria single. Like two outs in the bottom of the 11th, game seven of the World Series. Brutal way to go down. So they were this close. So if you're, some people are just solid baseball fans, don't really care about basketball, or it's a, much, it's a secondary thing. Man, this has got to be a dream come true to be this close. You can almost taste it. You've had, you've, so much defeat. Right. It's got to yeah. feel good. I just can't imagine what it's like to be the Cleveland fan who really cares about basketball and baseball. Like, the pure joy they must feel. Oh, yeah. Or the Cleveland fan who doesn't care about basketball or baseball, just a big football fan. Yeah, they're, right they're now. like, oh, why? Yeah. The 0-6 Browns. Yeah, the Browns are still, you know, status quo. They've announced um, they're starting Cody Kessler. They're essentially tanking for the number one pick. Well, not, a bad, not a bad idea. Let's talk oh, about yeah. the Cubs a little bit. Okay, good. I am, of course, from Chicago. Do you know about the Billy Goat curse? Uh, not really. Okay, so the legend in Chicago, at least, is... This, <laughs> Here the, we go. The reason the Cubs haven't won the World Series since 1908, when there were eight teams, by the way. Oh, so, so it was a little easier. Yeah. yeah. They won back-to-back World Series, but... I'm sure they did. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, but, it, I mean, it's statistically incredible that the Cubs have gone this long without winning a World Series, because it's not like there were eight teams and there were 30 teams. It, it, right. took, it took a while to get to the amount of teams we have now, <laughs> and still they did not win. So it's a statistical anomaly, that's for sure. The the Indians are a statistical anomaly, but the Cubs even more so. I mean, the playoff system was different back then. It used to be that you know you had to win the pennant to get to the World Series. So only one team made the playoffs from each league. So if you weren't the best team in your league, you just couldn't make the playoffs, period. And that was that. So in that way, it was 
harder. But the other side of it is, if you were the best team in the National League, you were you had one of the two teams who were going to win the World Series. Yeah. So it goes both ways. Right. So okay. So the the curse of the Billy Goat is yeah. a legend in Chicago. I don't. I doubt it to be true, but who knows? Were you told this as a little boy as I'll, you went to sleep? Well, by your yes. Mother? In Chicago, we all were. Yes, this is how <laughs> it worked. Uh, so there was an elderly man who. In the last game of the 1908 World Series, yeah, he had a billy goat with him for some fucking reason. This is <laughs> no, already making a lot of yeah, sense to nobody me. Nobody knows why, but this man, he brought a billy goat to Wrigley Field. In 1908. In 1908. Okay. I mean, Chicago then was all agriculture. Just, sure. There were goats everywhere. <laughs> it was really normal to see goats not, in baseball. Not true at all. It was, an, <laughs> it was a, a highly urban city at that time even. But So this guy brings a goat, and the staff says, sorry, you can't bring a goat in. Uh-oh. And the guy— I can see this coming. Yeah, the guy's like, what the fuck? I want to bring my goat in. This is— <laughs> This is my goat. His name is Travis, and he's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, this is verbatim what happened, actually. So uh, they, they have recordings. And yeah. They film yeah. of it, I'm pretty sure. The yeah. staff says, no, you can't bring the goat in. You really can't bring the goat in. And the guy says, are you sure you don't want to let me bring this goat in? Some serious <laughs> shit's going to happen if I don't bring this goat in. And they say, no, nope, you can't bring a goat into Wrigley Field. And he says, a curse on your franchise I curse you with the Billy Goat curse. I got to tell you, this sounds a lot like the plot of Drag Me to Hell right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I haven't seen that movie. Uh, It'd be funnier if you had. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Either way. So now people believe that the Billy Goat curse is why the Cubs haven't won the World Series for over 100 years. Every year. Seriously, there's a movement to sacrifice a Billy Goat on the mound on opening day. This is a real thing that happens in Chicago every year. So there's a lot of disturbing things happening in Chicago, is what you're telling me. There's deep I mean, it's, pizza, there's a lot of murder. <laughs> yeah, a lot of murder, and people. Don't you dare start with that deep dish pizza shit I, again. I'm not starting anything. Just you, saying. I heard you say things. it. I heard you say it. Deep dish pizza, but um, but people are wanting to slaughter a goat on the mound. Yes. Of Wrigley Field. That that seems like an an optimal solution, game theoretically. Yeah. It seems pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, so okay. So, what what do you think it would mean? Who who is a, a big? I guess it's got to be bigger for Chicago than for Cleveland. Is that fair to say? I think only because the Cubs have more fans worldwide. I think that would be the reason that it might be bigger. I mean, How, but Chicago, I'm Chicago had the Bulls, they had the Bears, like right. they, they've won titles. Cleveland's won one title in the right. last I would 60 say years. Cle- I would say Cleveland for sure if it weren't for the Cavs having just, just won. one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I think with the Cavs having one. Because the Cubs are one of the most popular teams in baseball, that are makes they? it a bit. Yeah, they are. Right. It makes it a bit bigger. I will say, I have a friend who's a huge Chicago sports fan from Chicago. Of course, actually flies from the West Coast to Chicago to sit in Wrigley Field during the Cubs playoff home games every time, no matter what. Leaves his job, doesn't care. Uh, he was explaining to me because I was saying, "What do you? Come on, you had the Bulls, you had the this." And he's a huge basketball fan, huge baseball fan, everything. He looked at me and he said, "It's not the same, man. I'm a Cubs fan more than anything else. This is the most important thing to me." And there was something like deep and almost desperate about his voice and his look, like a gaunt look. So you know, I'm saying. I, like, I mean, I'm from Chicago and I'm a sports fan, but I'm not a big baseball fan. Yeah. So I don't know if I can truly imagine what it's like to be like a, a Cubs fan the way that I'm a Bulls fan and the way that I'm a Bears fan and understand that they haven't won since 1908 and just feel like they're cursed and destined to never win and it just 
like my lifetime, they're never going to win in my lifetime. I guess that's just it. Or especially if I was like an 80 year old Cubs fan. Exactly. Imagine that's being an 80 year old who was a Cubs fan since you were five. Yeah. Like, ooh, it's brutal. It's like you're like, well, sooner or later they'll win. I mean, yeah. eventually they'll win. It'll be fine. And you're just like, I'm just never going to see it. Yeah. I'm just never going to see it. And now you're like hanging on. You're like, they're like trying to decide if they should turn off the machine or not. And you're like, not yet. No. <laughs> they're they're in the NLCS. <laughs> we got a chance. And Moises Alou is not on the team this time. That's right. Yeah. Tuffy Rhodes. Wasn't that a uh, center fielder for them a long, Tuffy long time? Tuffy Rhodes? Tuffy Rhodes never. played center fielder. Hit three home runs on opening day one year and never did anything else again, I think. Never heard of him. Anyway, why don't we wrap up quarter number one? We'll come back with our power rankings for NBA wings. That whistle means it's time for quarter number two. This is the continuation of our NBA preview. That sound means it's beer number five for Grant. So if you're at the bronze medal level, you're getting into beer number three or drinking two and a half percent beers if they exist. Everyone else, of course, is at beer number five. You might be confused. Why is it beer number five? I only heard about beer number three. Maybe you can well, explain it. It's because in the in between the quarters, we have breaks just like athletes need and uh, I need my athlete break, and I have a beer. So That's how it works. Yeah. That's the way you can get drunker faster Yeah, for the perception of the audience. It's yeah. great. It's yeah. wonderful. We don't want you to die, so we do it this way. Yeah. But we want the audience, you know, if they die, it's okay. But we do want to say this. If you're drinking along with Grant, we want you to be responsible. We want you to be safe. We don't want you to kill anyone else or yourself. Don't be operating heavy machinery. Don't be watching out for little kids. You know, be in a safe place where you're not driving or anything. But if like you that. want, but I bet your ex would love it if you texted her or him. Yeah, I mean, if you have some yes. love you need to share, yeah. I mean, definitely they would, let them they know. They would think you just <laughs> bear your heart. You know, let Ex- it be. Express yourself. That's yeah. what it's all about. All right. So this segment, we're going to continue our NBA power rankings of players. Last time we did point guards. This time we're combining shooting guards and small forwards into the top ten wings in the NBA. And here's how we're doing it. It's just for the 2016-2017 season only. Contracts are not a factor. So if we're having a draft right now, and we know everyone dies in a year. So it's just for this season only. There's no future considerations at all. Okay? That's how we're going to do it. All right. And there's a a couple other things need to mention. Good. In our point guards rankings, we included James Harden and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Right, because they're supposedly going to play. Were were respectively a shooting guard and a small forward last year, as listed, but they are going to be playing point guard this year, so they we they will not be included in these rankings. I got to say, it really hurt the depth of this uh, yeah this I ranking mean, here. Eight, nine, ten gets a little rough. Yeah, a little rough. Yeah, a little rough indeed, for sure. All right, so I think the top three we're going to have the same three. I'd be shocked if we didn't. Right. So I so I don't even I didn't even do any research no, on these guys. There's nothing it's just to like say. so obvious. Let's number go. number one, LeBron. Clearly, LeBron is the number one guy. Yeah, and there's nothing that needs to be said. Nope, he's the best player in the world. Yeah, Kevin Durant, number two. I actually decided Kawhi was number two. Okay, but... But you can make a very reasonable argument. I think it's super close, whatever. Number three, Kawhi for me. I mean, there's nothing to say, right? right. Those guys are the best. They're all MVP candidates. There's nothing to say. Now it gets interesting. It gets a little bit more interesting. All right, I'd like to hear your number four because I I want to be surprised. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I feel like number four is pretty straightforward. It's Paul George. Yeah, that's what I have. It had to be Paul George. Right. Paul George. Let's, let's do a few stats here. So okay, good. Moving forward, I think the LeBron Durant and Kawhi are so obvious. Yeah. I think we need to justify the rest of our guys with stats a little bit. Okay. Right? Well, go for it. All right. <laughs> Paul George. I, and one of the stats that I looked at a lot when making these rankings was win shares. Okay. Look at you at Mr. Advanced Stats. I think win shares are a very important stat. It's not that often you have a drunk guy talking about win shares, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. I mean, I looked at player efficiency rating, too, but it's not the best set. That's, that's not actually the most accurate. No. Win shares is pretty good. Yeah, because it at least tries to incorporate defense. Uh, PG-13, 
that being Paul George, yeah. does not actually have the highest win shares of the remaining people on the list. Oh, really? But he's his stats are really good. 23 points, 7 rebounds, 4.1 assists, 42% field goal, 37% 3-point, 86% free throw, almost two steals. Now, let me ask you a quick question about win shares. Yeah. Do you know anything about win shares? I used to. Okay. So is it that they just look at the stats and say, this is how much you would have contributed to a theoretical win? Or is it more like your team won this many games and we, we split up the wins into different shares I, for well, each player? Because that would really matter. It's a further stat uh, based on VORP, which is yeah. value over replacement player. Sure. So versus a guy on the street, how much did you contribute to a win versus yeah. that player? So 9.2 means that in an 82-game NBA season – you made the team win 9.2 more games. Okay, or you would. would have theoretically. Yeah. It would be any team. It wouldn't be you're the yeah. team you're on. Okay, yeah. It can't, it can't be because otherwise the Warriors would just crush everyone and win shares, right? Yeah. And that can't be right. No. Okay. So they're not doing that in advanced right. stats. That's dumb. Yeah, of course. That's like basic stats. So you're saying I'm... I'm, <laughs> I'm saying you're dumb. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, just it seemed like you're unclear about that. Anyway. Anyway, win shares are a good stat. Yeah, so back to Paul George. Paul George, yes. So he's not the number one guy with win shares, but you still feel he's number four. Explain yourself. Uh, the other stats are so good, I, and, and advanced stats are not necessarily perfect. No, right? not even close. Yeah, right? so I mean, I mean he, they're good though. He passes the eyeball test, as people like to say. He just seems like a great player every time you see him. And the other stats are amazing. Uh, Twenty-three, seven, four, and good everything else. I mean, Paul George is the only other guy that exists, I think, currently as a small forward shooting guard who could be a true franchise player. Right now, maybe other guys could grow into that, but he right now is an actual franchise player. There's four guys. Yeah, right. He's the fourth. He's the worst of them, but he's a guy who, if you surround him with enough talent, then they don't have to be better players than him. You you are a fantastic team. The right. Pacers right now essentially have him and not a lot else, and still they're going to win like between 45 and 50 games. Yeah, right. He's I mean, very good. He's very good. There's not much to say. All right, I think that I know who your number five is. Yeah, and I'm going to differ. All right, let's find out. You ready? Yep. Clay Thompson. Nope. But go ahead. Why? You're going to say it's Jimmy Butler? Yep. Yeah, I got Jimmy at six. Okay. Fair enough. I have Jimmy five, Clay six. Okay. Here's my quick reasoning why. Um, Clay is maybe the, maybe the best shooter in the league, which is crazy to say with Steph Curry on his team, but he may be a better shooter than Steph Curry. Also, Jimmy Butler's defense last year really, really fell off as he started to take more of an offensive burden, and I'm not sure I can trust him as much as I want to because he has to expend more energy now on the offensive side. Well... Okay, Clay Thompson but, also a fantastic defender. But you're, we're talking about if you're drafting a team, right? Not yeah. if you're on your current team. Of course. So but if, if you have to expend more energy on the offensive side, you're talking about the Bulls where he might have to do that. Right. Yeah. But whatever team Jimmy Butler's on, he's almost always going to have to expend more energy yeah. on the offensive side, right? As, yeah. he's, gotten, as he's become a he's better still, offensive player. He's still averaged 1.6 steals a game. I understand that, but I'm not talking about if he averaged you know, half a steal more or less a game. I'm talking about his overall team defense and one-on-one defense, which I think... Universally, people would agree that it, it declined last year. Okay, he fair went enough. from being like an, an elite defensive player to being a good defensive player. All right, so but here's something interesting about Jimmy Butler Go ahead. versus Clay Thompson. Yeah. Two two things I want to point out. Go uh, and why I put Butler above Thompson. Sure. Number one, Butler only played 67 games last season. Win shares are weighted on the games you play. It's not on average. Yeah. Right. Butler had a 9.1 win share playing only 67 games. That's very impressive. What, Clay, what was Clay Thompson? Clay's was eight. Playing every game. Right. Now, I assume Jimmy Butler was higher than Paul George also when you were saying uh, that. No, Paul George had 0.1 more. Oh, so there's somebody else even later on. Yeah. going to have more winches. Wow, that's It's going to be, be a fun. surprising guy. I mean, there's only a few people it could be, but we'll, t- we'll worry about that later. Right. Also, Jimmy Butler, although he had uh, one and a half fewer points per game than Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. had two—well, uh, he had 
one and a half more rebounds per game than Clay Thompson and two and a half more assists per game than Clay Thompson. Okay, I mean the rebounds per game isn't shocking. Clay's a two and Jimmy's a three mostly, right? So you, Jimmy's that, gonna be that's closer mostly to how he plays, yeah. Yeah, so he's gonna get more rebounds. But the assist is interesting for sure, especially when, it's, when Clay is on a team like the Warriors where they take a million shots and Clay, score a million Clay points. Clay only averaged two assists per game. Right, he's not that guy. He's yeah. the guy who just shoots threes and hits well, them no matter Butler's what the defense is. Well, Jimmy Butler's not really that guy either, but he's capable of it. Maybe Clay is too. And it's yeah. all, it, you never, I mean, obviously these are all subjective based on the teams that players are on. But, but you're but, saying you would take Jimmy Butler if we're in the draft right now ahead of Clay Thompson. For, that's what you're saying. For, for one year. year. For, for one year, year yes, yeah. I would. That's for, the, and for our rules for this draft. Yeah, I would take Clay Thompson ahead of Jimmy. Uh, I feel like especially with the way the NBA is going and has gone now, that three-point shot that Clay brings, which is incredible. And Jimmy is, a, at best, an average three-point shooter, right? He's like 33%-ish. Butler's uh, three-point shooting is not good. It's 31%. 31, yeah, that's, that's bad even. Yes, I agree. So, I mean, that's okay. He does so many other things well. He can make up for it. He's also but, but I'd rather have well-known as one of the best drivers in the game. One of the best at getting to the basket. The other thing is, we also don't know how good Clay Thompson can really be, right? He's on a team where he's not the main offensive option and is still really thrived. What if he was on a team where he was the number one guy? Maybe he'd score 27 I mean, there, points there, a game. Of course, but there's another side to that. I yeah. mean, maybe he would be terrible on a team that didn't have other guys who were huge threats. See, I hear what you're saying, but as I think about Clay in the postseason, it seemed to me he often took shots where he was completely covered and would just go crazy anyway, and it didn't really matter. Like, Clay doesn't really care if you're guarding him or not. It's not about that. It's not like he has lots of wide open shots. Either way, I think that neither of us could say the other one was wrong no. for putting one or one or the other head. These guys are very close. These are super close. I feel like there's a very clear top three and then a very clear top six. Yeah. Like, I actually, agree. the tiers are top three. Paul George's own tier is number four, then five and six are their own tier again. Yes, I yeah. agree. Okay, so fair enough. Whatever. Right. All right. Well, I wonder if we're going to start differing now. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, because so number I feel seven. Like... My number seven is the guy who has the, the highest win share besides the top three. Carmelo Anthony? Nope. All right, I don't, well, that, uh, DeMar? Yep. DeMar DeRozan, 9.9 win share. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so my number seven is DeMar DeRozan. Okay. I have Carmelo. All right. So DeMar DeRozan, let me give you some stats on him last year. 23.5 points per game. Yep. Four and a half rebounds. Four yep. assists. 44.5% uh, field goal percentage, which is great. Yep. 34% three-point percentage. 85% from the line, which is huge because he gets to the line a lot. One steal and 9.9 win shares. I mean, very impressive numbers yeah. for sure. Carmelo has very similar numbers, actually. Scores, scored last year on a one-and-a-half points a game less. Uh, a little bit more assists. Almost the exact same number of steals. Shot almost the same percentages from all places. Score, uh, but did get three rebounds more per game. So yeah. to me, that was a big Guess what deal. Carmelo's win shares were? I don't know. 6.4. Okay. Very low for this list. Yeah. That's weird. His numbers, though, are just impressive. I will say this. He's 32. He's got a chance to decline where you wouldn't really expect DeMar DeRozan to do that. He's going yes. to his, it's his age 27 season. This yeah. is just the, be- the very beginning of the, the edge of the bell curve where it's going to start to go down. 26 is usually where NBA players max out. So this is... Like, DeMar is supposed to be is in his prime now for a while. Carmelo's at the edge and maybe even edging out of his prime and maybe, right. maybe even out of it at this point. Yeah, I take DeMar every time, I think. I think I take Carmelo. I don't trust DeMar, man. I don't They're trust Carmelo. Really you don't mean, trust Carmelo for what? To do what? To, to be a good player. I think that <laughs> – I think he's – I mean, more than any I – mean, th- these are not stats we're talking about, but Carmelo is a black hole on offense. I mean, go ahead. I know DeMar is in a way, too, but he's less <laughs> than Carmelo. Because why? Because, because you he, say so? Why? Because he passes more. 
He just happens to pass more, and I'm not going by assists per game. But I've, so, so why do you say he passes more? Because I've watched them. This is all anecdotal. How many how many games did you watch Demar Derozan play last year? I watched definitely the fi- the the playoffs. <laughs> so, okay, so like not that many. So okay, so what are you talking about? And how many games did you watch Carmelo play last year? All of the games. They have almost the same number of assists exactly. I'm just going to point this out. But the Carmelo, wind chair, look Carmelo at the wind has th- Car- Carmelo has point two assists more even. So right. like. I mean, I'm just saying, like, but I don't DeMar know about has this passing thing. 9.9 win shares, and Carmelo has 6.4. That is a big difference. I'll yes. grant you that. Uh, to me, okay, look, both of these guys, when I created this list, were not originally on it. I, I, these are the two guys I wanted to leave off exactly. the list. Exactly. Like me, me too. They're guys who I associate with not really being that good. and be, like I think they're seen as both overpaid and really not worth it. Like, DeMar got a max deal from Toronto. He would have gotten a max deal somewhere else, probably L.A., but... You know, like NBA stat heads and things like that, you know, the um, the advanced stats community really thought, really thinks, in fact, DeMar's not worth it. Like, Carolbus yeah. Volgaris puts down DeMar DeRozan all the time. That guy knows more than me. He sure does, and me too, right? So that so that's important, and that probably is why I didn't want to bring DeMar in, but when I looked at his numbers, they were just too strong not it's to so good. him. And same thing with Carmelo. Same with Carmelo, yeah, like that's I, how I felt. I think of Carmelo as being kind of terrible and just shooting a lot, but the truth is, he got 7.7 rebounds, 4.2 assists, and still scored over 22 points a game. And he's a career 25 point a game score this guy is an offensive machine and does other things too like he's a great guy to run th- your offense through even if he doesn't try all the time and i don't even know if that's still true even if he doesn't play the kind of defense we want he just brings too much to the table not to, now he's not worth his contract but in this league everyone has a one dollar contract and they die in a year anyway so we don't worry about it yeah it's gonna be a lot of funerals <laughs> a lot of funerals It'll be very sad <laughs> yeah it's gonna be like the end of uh the uh, kingsman movie where everyone's head just blows up that was awesome. I, I enjoyed that movie. That was good pretty movie. good. Yeah, pretty, I just like the church. All right. Really. So anyway, for, so interesting. Our five and six and seven and eight, we both disagree, but both but, understand the other guy's perspective. And again, I think this is another tier. Like seven, eight is, is a tier of its own with yeah. these two guys. So like in, within the tier, we have the same guys in all the tiers. Okay. Now it starts to change again. Right. So maybe nine and ten are going to be completely different as possible. I believe my number nine guy is going to be on your list because I feel like this guy is hard to tell him he's not allowed to be here. All right. Who's your number nine guy? Gordon Hayward. Yep, that's my number nine guy. There you go. Same it's, number nine guy. He's 26 years old. He got 20 points a game, five rebounds, almost four assists, 1.2 steals, shot reasonably well, 43%, 35 from three, 82% uh, free throw shooter. And 26 years old, so he's about to come into his full prime. He got six free throws a game last year for the first time. That's a big deal. Huge also, improvement Also, 8.9 win shares, which is high. Yeah. Versus Carmelo Anthony, 6.4. I consider putting Hayward above Anthony. Hmm. I considered it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so Hayward feels like kind of a no-brainer number nine guy. So really, I think the 10th guy is where we may finally truly disagree. Right. I hope so, honestly. My 10th guy is going to be the guy yeah. that you put an honorable mention, and your 10th guy is going to be the guy that I put an honorable mention. That's my guess. We may have the same guy. Yeah. All I, right. got, I got CJ. CJ McCollum? Yes. Okay, yeah, you're right. They're, we don't have the same guy. Okay. CJ McCollum made your top 10? Yeah, he did. All right, defend it. Defend it. Okay. Uh, let's look at his percentages that's that's the first thing we should look at okay 45 percent from the field 42 percent from three 83 percent from the line 42 percent from three is amazing yeah 20.8 points per game yep 3.2 rebounds 4.3 assists okay the, the rebounds and assists the assists are good the rebounds are unimpressive yeah but that's fine yeah he's got a six win share so slightly less than Carmelo. i mean he's basically a good three-point shooter who passes the ball a little bit from a little more than you'd expect from the two guard and can fill it up right and he can create his own shot which yeah. is something that is missing in a lot of shooting guards. Yeah, so he's a, he's definitely special. 
I would take my guy over him for sure. Can I, I guess, not can, I guess can I guess your guy? You're welcome to. JJ Redick. No, I never considered JJ. Really? Redick. Yeah, never even considered him. Is it Chris Middleton? No, he's if, if he wasn't hurt for six yeah. months, I might consider. But since he's injured, is it Jay Crowder? No, I want it to be Jay Crowder, but it can't be Jay Crowder. Who could it be? I know who it's it hard, right? But there's a guy who, when I looked at his numbers, I was like, you know what? I think this is the tenth best wing in the league. Maybe you can convince me. Who is I will, it? His name is Nicholas Batum. Oh, okay. I didn't even consider him. This is the thing that happens, right? He's easy to forget because he only scores 15 points a game. You know, and he doesn't have a particularly showy, flashy game. But here's the thing that makes Nick Batum special. Six rebounds, six assists a game. That's pretty good. So you run your offense through him pretty yeah. comfortably. And he can also rebound. By the way, he's a very good defensive player. He is, yeah. He's super long. He's coming into his age 27 season, so he's right in the heart of his prime. He's not a great shooter. 42%, 35, 85 from the line. 35 from three is only okay. But he's a guy who is like a no-doubt-about-it max player, as he was this year. So is yeah. CJ, in yeah. fairness. Um, I like Nick Batum because I feel like guys who can score a lot are a little more dime a dozen than guys who get like six and six. Like six and six is just something you almost never see. Okay, so with the defense, especially you have, you have some decent points. He's also but, a clutch player. But you acted like I was crazy to say CJ. I was college. shocked you said CJ. Well, you didn't even consider Batum. I didn't really consider CJ. I saw right. CJ in my, in my list and I was like, well, not that guy, and moved on right away. I think CJ has. You're talking about the next year, right? So CJ this year is going going into his age 24 season. Yeah. He has a chance to take a meteoric leap. He absolutely could take a big leap forward. You're yeah. right. I mean, both of them could. CJ's probably more likely to. Yeah. I didn't realize CJ was such a good three-point shooter. I will yeah, say he's that. very good. 42% is unbelievable. I mean, he's no JJ Redick, who is 47.5%. That I mean, JJ Redick is really good. But all of his other stats are kind of bad besides yeah. the shooting percentages. I mean, he's a he's a really good player, but yeah. I, I would rather build around Nick Batum than than JJ Redick. And I feel like I can I feel like I can find a guy who can shoot a lot and can score easier than I can find a small forward who can defend, score some, hit some threes, rebound and assist. I agree. I think CJ McCollum is a bit more dynamic than you're giving him credit though. He's, Fair he's, enough. he's not JJ Redick. No, yeah. no, no, not at all. And in fact, like you said, he may take another big step forward yeah. and it would be a no-brainer guy on this and, list. And he wouldn't be in the top 30 if we were doing this list at this time last year, right? No. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. It, that'd be like putting Alan Crabb in the top 30 yeah. right now, right? It's not going to Which happen. maybe next year we'd be like, "Oh, Alan Crabb obviously number 5." I mean, yeah. that's going to take some serious yeah. injuries on the Trailblazers. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So in the end, interest, this reminds me a little bit of last week where we, we do these lists independently. We don't talk to each other about them. But last week, our first eight point guards were the same. I don't think there was the exact order, but it was close because it was clear there's a tier jump, right? Yeah. So the top eight guys, and this time, while there's a bunch of tiers, really the top nine guys were, we had the same top nine guys in slightly different order, yeah. right? Because there's a clear top nine. And then it's who's number 10, and Am there's I, a bunch of candidates. I had an honorable mention, which I guess you probably did too, of Chris yeah. Middleton, that if he, he didn't have this hamstring surgery that he is having. I would have had to strongly consider him. Yeah. Yeah, but I just didn't because yeah. he's hurt. Yeah. And there's there's a bunch of other guys who are really good. I mean, Andrew Wiggins may take a big step forward, maybe, but you can't expect it, right? I mean, if Giannis and James Harden were considered on this list, oh my God. then our 9 and 10s wouldn't have even Gordon been... Haywood doesn't make the list. No, of Gordon not. Haywood is not considered for the list. Yeah. Like the number ten guy for me would be Demar, and it would be like I don't even like this guy, yeah. you know. But he's number eight. Yeah, I can't believe Demar Derozan is in the top eight of when you combine two positions in the NBA. That's crazy sounding. Nine point nine win share, buddy. That's really impressive. You're really hanging your hat on this win share thing. Yeah, really hanging it. <laughs> All right, That's uh, what I got. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back after halftime. We'll continue our NBA preview as we get into who we think is making the playoffs, MVP, and our surprises. 
Our NBA preview continues here into the third quarter. We're going to start with what teams we think are going to make the playoffs. We're also going to talk about who's winning the MVP this year. Our surprise, surprise, excuse me, players and teams. What was that? Supplies. I don't know. Supplies. You know, we supplies many things with stuff. I don't know. Let's just move on. Let's not. Let's not. I think spend we should more linger. I think we should linger. No, that's okay. Feels like a lot of time there. All right. You want to start in the east or the west? Of the playoffs of the NBA? Yeah. I think we should start in the East. Sounds great. Uh-oh. That is beer number seven, folks. So everyone is on beer number seven, except, of course, bronze medalists. This does not mean you're less than if you're just opening your fourth beer. It's perfectly fine. We support well, you. it depends on what the context is. I mean, you are less of a drinker then. Okay, true. But you're not less of a human or less of a good person. We support you in Can your you moderation. Can you guarantee that, though? Can you provide a metric to prove that? <laughs> I cannot. Well, <laughs> I just want them to feel good. <laughs> well, that's nice of you. Yeah. You it, think, it is. I mean, you're like Dr. Phil. I am just like Dr. Phil, except less Like the uh, and, APA and... took away your, your license to practice psychology. Yeah, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah. Just like Dr. Phil. Also, yeah. the hair, not so good anymore. Fatter than I want to be. Well, let's move on, though. Shall <laughs> okay, shall we? All right, we're starting in the East. We all know who's the number one team in the East. Cleveland. There's nothing to talk about Cleveland. Yeah, they're obviously the best team in the East. They're going to go to the finals, right? Unless something right. weird happens. Yeah, I think there's a clear second tier. Yes. There's two teams in it in your mind or more? Two. Okay, yeah. Boston and Toronto. Clearly. Yeah. Right. Who do you got number two? I... I think Boston. It's got to be Boston. Yeah. The Celtics won 48 games last year. They added the second best free agent in the league, a top 30 player in Al Horford. A lot of people would argue top 20 player. I mean, to speak about him as the second best free agent in the league as if it's like there's a difference. But I'm not yeah. saying this is what you're implying, but this is what it sounds like. It's okay. a, it sounds like the first best free agent, then the second best free agent, then the third best free agent, and the gap between them is all the same, et cetera, et cetera, down the line. Well, who was the third best free agent? I don't know. Me either. There was a huge gap between the number two guy and the number. But there's also a huge gap between the number one guy and number. Of course, of course. Yeah. Number one guy. You rarely gonna get a free agent as good as Kevin Durant ever on the market who goes anywhere. You know. Yeah. But so like, but getting a guy as good as Al Horford in free agency is about as good as you can normally do. Except when the Heat got all those guys. I guess when when the uh, Cavs got LeBron back and just now with Kevin Durant, like that's it. It never happens. Yeah. No one ever leaves in free agency like this. All right. So top three are clear, right? Yeah. I have the Raptors third. Um, The Raptors are good they're not going anywhere though they're about as they hit their ceiling last year i would argue celtics are young getting better and added one of the best players in the league to their team yeah fair so enough i think they're a little better but it's close all right all right now we get into the interesting part five I think there's another four tier. through eight. Oh, you do yeah i think the tier includes indiana yep and detroit disagree fantastic i do not think the tier includes indiana i think indiana is in the tier i have in, i have the pacers as the number five team okay I have the Hornets as the number four Ooh, team. Hornets are not on my... I was wondering if they were even going to be on yours. No, they won 48 games last year. I know. Are you aware of this? I have more. They added Michael Kidd Gilchrist to their team last year. I mean, he was out all season, and they still won 48 games. They add him back. He's no, one of the don't. best defensive players in the league. What do you mean, no, they don't? Mike, oh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah. Are you sure that's the right player? Yes. Okay, you're what right. What are you thinking of? I'm thinking of somebody else. Never oh, mind. Okay. I think I was thinking of Michael Carter Williams. Yeah, that's a different guy. Yeah. He was on the Bucks. He's now on the Bulls. Yeah, I was yeah. like, why do you, why do we care? Oh, I yeah, guess not, you're not, seven beers in. You're now allowed I to remember. Get now I remember. Michael with two names and hyphenated. You're allowed to mess that up in beer number seven. Thank it's you. Totally cool. Thank you. Okay, yeah, I think the Hornets um, are going to build on their success last year. I don't think Nicholas Batum's year was anything weird. It was slightly better than his normal year, but it was age 26 season. This is age 27 season. Should be about as good. 
They're building with Kemba Walker, who was a near all-star last year. Getting Michael Kidd-Gilchrist back is a big deal for them. They kept Marvin Williams. The only losses they have are Marvin Al- Williams? <laughs> Marvin <laughs> Williams was a starter for them last year. He was year. a starter, yes. Yeah, and he was a free agent. They kept him. He's not he? great, but he's reasonable. Yeah. He's just an average player. Number two overall pick. I mean, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Ahead of... Uh, Ahead of Chris Paul and Darren Williams. Was he like right after Mike Olawakandi? Um, no, the, whoever was the number one pick was also great that year, but I can't remember who it was yeah. off the top of my head. Uh, the the only real important guy they lost was Jeremy Lin, which is a loss for them, but I think he'd go Chris more than makes up for it. Yeah. So, I mean, so they lost Al Jefferson, but he's just fine, a nice player now. Fine. So you, so you don't have uh, Detroit in there? I have Detroit in the top eight, but not in that next year at okay. all. I actually, yeah. But we both have the Pacers. Yeah, in this next group, you have the Pacers at four. I, I actually didn't order them. But oh, okay, I'm just looking at it and kind of knowing where they are. Okay, got it. Yeah, I have, yeah. The, pa- I have the Pacers at five, but r- I have, I agree that's sort of the next tier. To me, there's three teams in this tier though. It's the Hornets, the Pacers, and the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I have Atlanta in there too, but it, they were going to be kind of a lower tier. I, I feel like Atlanta is just going to underperform this year. It's just not going to be impressive. How come? They lost Al Horford. Yep, number one. Paul Millsap is aging. Okay, he's the rest too, but yeah, he's aging. the rest of their pieces aren't really that impressive. I mean, Dwight Howard's pretty good, right? Yeah, Dwight Howard's pretty good, but he's also not that good in his in ways. He's, I mean, he's when we eventually do our ten best centers in the league, he's going to be on that list. Yes, right? he will. But he's so what kind, are we talking about he, here? I mean, same way Carmelo's on the list for wings, right? Meaning you didn't want to put him there, but when you actually how many looked, games you were did like, the Knicks win? You know, it's not like he I don't guarantees know. wins. I, right. I feel like Dwight Howard and Carmelo Anthony are good analogies for their positions. Huh. Okay, that's not totally off to me, but I mean, I'd rather have Dwight Howard on my team than Carmelo. I don't know about that. It's I, close, actually, now that I say that out loud. It's yeah. actually pretty close. And also, I think Dwight Howard's way worse for your locker room than Carmelo, so probably you don't uh, want that's that. That's an interesting point. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I think the Hawks are—I think Dwight Howard is still good enough to um, provide a lot. Millsap, well, you're right. He's getting older. He's only had two really great years sort of ever, and they just he's, came back to back. I mean, he's back. pretty good. He's been good the whole time, but he sort of jumped a major notch or yes, two the last two did. years. I don't see any reason for him to just drop right back down at age 32. I mean, it's probably coming, but I think it's another year or two away personally. Dennis Schroeder's going to take over at point. I think that's not a problem for them. I don't think they're going to miss Jeff Teague too much. Corver's another year older, and he's like, that makes him like 36. That's problematic. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I don't have him winning 50 games, but I think they're going like 40 four games or something 45 games all right i think my my last team is gonna be different than yours so but you have the hawks on the list right? yeah okay um so what's next i got milwaukee wow i do not have the bucks anywhere on this list i got them i got Milwaukee. i believe in giannis i do too i think i think giannis carries that team and i think if middleton gets back at the right time in the year that's an incredible backcourt i don't know if middleton's gonna play at all this year he's only six months out He's six. That's what they say. That's like, but that doesn't mean he's actually only six months. Six months, and then maybe he'll be playing, and maybe he won't be at the same. He's he'll have missed, you know, a huge amount of like fifteen months straight too. All right, fair enough. He may. I mean, six months from now. (laughs) Maybe maybe Greg Monroe doesn't suck that much. Maybe. I mean, here's what here's what I think you have to hang your hat on if you're if you're predicting a Bucks playoff run. It's got to be Jabari Parker grows up in a serious way. Yeah. So I think that's part of what I'm saying. I think I think Greg Monroe maybe doesn't suck as much as he looked like he did last year. Maybe. Hopefully. Sure. Why not? I think Giannis. If Giannis takes a step. Yeah. He has a long stride, so it might be a pretty big step. Giannis has a reasonable chance in my mind. This is this may sound crazy, but to be a top ten player in the league next year. Yes, he's he could be incredible. Yeah, like, and that, that's why they're on this list. And it's kind of a sexy pick more than it is like what I really really think. I guess because like what's yours, Miami or something? That's boring. Miami's going to be terrible this yeah, year. Yeah, okay. Miami's I didn't think it was Miami. Miami. You didn't think it was Miami? That's why you guessed Miami. Drunk I don't back? know who is it. Uh, let me take a look. I'm rolling down now. 
Oh, I have the Wizards. Oh, that's an easy pick. Yeah, that makes sense. I oh, almost okay. get them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Wizards are probably going to make the playoffs. Yeah, right? but I think Giannis is just so fun that I wanted to put Milwaukee in there. I understand. Yeah, I, I understand think, why you say that. And they made, they were the sixth seed two years ago, you know. Yeah, and then they lost Chris Middleton, who was an important player for them. Yeah. For the whole season. Yeah. And, you know, anyway. Um, and then I, so for me, I, I end up my list with uh, Hawks at six, Wizards at seven, Pistons at eight. And how do you go? Well, I don't have an order. Right. But yeah. you, have you named all your teams? Yeah. I okay. Have. Let's move I, on to the West. Yeah. Let's. Uh, number one team? Obviously, it's going to be, uh, I can't remember. Bad the joke name. coming. Bad yeah, joke no, coming. I decided not to do it. Good job. Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Golden State's number one. San Antonio's got to be number two, right? Yep. For sure. Yep. Okay. Number three, also pretty straightforward. San, uh, LAC. Got to be the Clippers. L- Los Angeles, number four, Portland Trailblazers. I did not have the Trailblazers at four. That's my our first you place where we deserve D- diverge. No, they're at, they're, I have them at six, and I have Trailblazers at fifth. I've got another team. You have you cannot Memphis? believe you cannot believe the look on Grant's face of confusion. He looks like Watson when he's looking at Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, how do you know that? You Sherlock? have Memphis. Memphis is not on my list at all. You have Minnesota. Not on my list at all. Wow, this is amazing. Who do Who? you have? At four. The Utah Jazz, my oh, friend. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have them. <laughs> <laughs> the Utah Jazz. I mean, that is a team which is young and really coming into its own. Derek Favors, the Stifle Tower, Gordon Hayward, as we've been talking about. Dante Ixum is back off his ACL injury from last year. He was not year. good. He was not good his, his rookie year. Then he had his, uh, his ACL injury last year. This year, maybe he'll be back. He was, look, this is crazy, but he looked great in summer league just before he tore his ACL last year. That's all I got. He looked amazing. Great. So he, he might become something, So too. for those reasons, you put those, them ahead Rod, of Portland. Rodney Hood? How about Rodney Hood? He's, He's good. good. He's yeah. really good. So they've got four big-time starters on that team and a, and a young, growing core, a nucleus. Yeah, I think they've got a great chance to be the four seed. But right. to me, it was between them and Portland. Okay. Well, I have, uh, I have the opposite. I just have Portland four, them five. Oh, you have Utah fifth, but you just didn't mention them as the team that could have been four. Then me. I have OKC six. I have OKC six as well. And then I have Memphis. I do not have Memphis on the list. Do you have Minnesota as well? Minnesota eight. So you just ignored Houston yep. completely? Yep. Why? I don't believe in them. What? Why not? Because I think they're pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. So, so you like Minnesota because of Towns. Yeah, and Wiggins. And Wiggins, and you have Memphis because they just are always good. They're yeah, pretty good. They'll just kind of like Memphis will just kind of fall into forty-eight wins. You know? That is possible. They have Marcus Sol is still a great center. Maybe yeah. one of the maybe the top three center in the league at this point. They keep Conley, who is, I think, as we discovered last week, a little overrated. Yeah, but still a good. But he's point got the guard. Conley clock. Remember we That's talked right. about the Conley clock, the intangible Conley clock that everyone claims exists, but we'll never know for sure. Um, okay, well, my team is someone who we have not mentioned at all. Please. The Denver Nuggets. Boring. Just kidding. What it's are ex- you talking it's about? It's exciting. I'm kidding. <laughs> Denver has a really exciting young They have this, some actually. really Eastern European centers. Uh, they have so Nurkic and Jokic. Yeah. Those are two guys who are both really good and really young. And they're both in Putin's pocket, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's part of what makes them so great. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you see? Um, Gallinari's still on that team. They have a top. They have a lottery pick with Jamal Murray as well. Moutier, Moutier is going to probably take another step forward. He was pretty good last year, was sort he? of. Was I he? don't know, maybe not. But he's got some potential too. Anyway, I decided the Nuggets were going to take a little bit of a leap because they've got all those good young players. I feel like Minnesota is a better call than the Nuggets. Really? Why? Because Towns is a potential top ten player next year. But they only have one guy who's a big time player and one other guy who might get better in Wiggins, and everyone else is kind of nobody. Levine. Right? 
Okay, Levine. Fair enough, Levine. I feel like the Nuggets have got like four or five guys like that. Though. Let's make a bet. Okay. Se- regular season wins. Nuggets first, Timberwolves. Done. You, you're taking the Nuggets? I'm definitely taking the Nuggets. Do you want to do it two times normal, or do you want it to be just one one unit? No, we can do two times normal. Oh, okay. I'm writing it down right yeah, now. Yeah, please do. Oh, my God. You're going to lose so bad. Let's make it four times normal. Really? Bring it on. You're so confident. I have to do this. Regular season wins. Okay, this is very exciting for yeah. me. Wow, you're going to get destroyed, man. Yeah, so for those who don't know, including us, because we still don't know, but at some <laughs> some point that is completely undetermined, <laughs> there will be a, an undetermined punishment for whoever loses our series of bets. Yes, we now have uh, six bets. And, you know, they're all, they're, I think I'm doing a little better than you, but it's relatively close, so it's not a big deal. All right, so. But that four-time bet, that's that's all of it right there. So I would be surprised good. if I won the bets because a lot of the bets are made when I'm drinking and you're not. So, I mean, I just scooping up expected yeah. value left and right Congratulations, over Congratulations, buddy. Yeah, it's good. Okay, who's Throwing your MVP? Throwing rocks at fucking pigeons over here. That's you. <laughs> who's your MVP? I mean, it's so obvious. Go ahead. Russell Westbrook. Russell, Russell Westbrook has got to be the favorite. Yeah. Right? Uh, I really like Kawhi also. I think Kawhi's got a reasonable chance. I would bet on Russell Westbrook if I had to pick between the two because he's going to just have the ball and score a kajillion points, and that may be enough. But I think Kawhi's got a reasonable chance because the Spurs are going to win 55 games again, and he's going to be the best player. And he's still very young and could can just take a little notch up in terms of scoring. It may be hard to deny him. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. But I think Westbrook has to be the favorite. I have a sleeper MVP. Oh, I like it. You're going to laugh at me, but it's fine. Okay. Carl Anthony Towns. I knew you were going to say that. That's my sleeper. This MVP. is why you're, you're a crazy person about Towns. You know that, right? You've been a crazy person for a while about Carl Anthony About Towns. most things, in fact. <laughs> I mean, you've really lost your mind here, buddy. I'm saying he's a sleeper, not that I think he's going to be the MVP. But, but you kind of do, right? No, I don't. <laughs> I think there's a possibility. Like, okay, where do you think he's going to be next year when we're doing our top 10 players in the NBA list, which we haven't done yet this year, but when we do it next year, before the 2017-2018 season, what number is Carl Anthony Towns going to be on that list? Three. It's a trick question. He's not going to be on the list. Three. Come on. This is what I'm saying. You're a I mean, crazy I, person. I'm going to love playing this back to you when you're uh, like, <laughs> I'm trying so hard to put him lower on my list, but I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> All right. So MVP stuff. So by the way, um, my, my number three MVP guy, Steph Curry. Do you have a sleeper? Nope. No? I don't think any sleeper is going to win this year. Well, that's year. boring. If I had to pick a sleeper, it would be someone like Anthony Davis. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Can't be him. That's no. crazy. All right. Uh, finally, we have surprises. So surprise team and surprise player. All right. I think the team that might surprise everybody and make the playoffs, even though they weren't on my playoff list, yeah. is the Phoenix Suns. Really? How come? Uh, I think Eric Bledsoe comes back. Yep. You know, he's had an injury problem. That, I think that guy is really good. He's really good. They, they're going to have an incredible backcourt trio of Bledsoe, Knight, and uh, what's his name? Devin Booker. Devin Booker, yeah. If Knight's actually anything. I mean, I was going to say, Knight is the real big question mark in that right. incredible backcourt no, trio. I, I, I agree. but I, And then they have a reasonable roster besides that. I mean, they have nobody at small forward. That's for sure. Well, they but, traded away the both Morris brothers who could both play small forward. But yeah. yeah. But, they're and, both starting at small forward for other teams, playoff teams. Teams, but anyway, but, just saying. But they have a reasonable team, and I think they, they could surprise people. Who's their power forward? Isn't it the combination of Dragon, Bender, and Marquise Chris? Both guys taken in the top eight this year, and I really have nothing, aren't going to be any good yet. Neither that's, of those guys are going to be any good this year. That's possible. So, how is this team going to They don't have a small, they don't have any front court. Is, who's their they, center? Tyson Chandler. Is it Alex Len? Oh, it's Tyson yeah. Chandler. Yeah. I think Alex Len might be behind him. Yeah. 
Tyson Chandler's terrible now. <laughs> he is now, but maybe he comes back. They have back. no one in the front court. How can I, this team I be said a surprise? surprise team. <laughs> <laughs> you did so, say that. Okay, it relates to my surprise player. Uh, this is yeah. This is understandable. Who's your surprise player? Brandon Knight. Oh, okay. I see how that. I'm all saying. Comes I'm saying Brandon Knight takes a huge step. He becomes the guy everybody wanted him to be. He was that guy two years ago for a second. But a more than that. I'm saying he, he, I'm, I'm not saying this is necessarily going to happen, but if 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 my surprises come true, yeah, then that has to happen. I mean, no, that's the way my thing works too. Like my okay. surprise team and surprise player are not this are not together. But one of my picks earlier on was based on the idea that my surprise player was going to have. A All right, year. let's hear your surprises. My surprise player is Derek Favors. Oh, that's not a surprise. He's already great. He scored 16 and a half points last year and seven rebounds. What are you talking Everybody about? Everybody already thinks he's really good. Okay, well, I think he's going to be seen. I think he's going to start making all-star teams as of this year. That's the surprise. So instead of people being like, he's good, he never actually gets any accolades or any awards or anything like that, he's going to be seen as one of the best power forwards in the league. And that's why I have Utah at the number four seed because I think they're going to take a bigger step forward than, than is expected because I think Favors is going to take a bigger step forward. Okay. So there. My surprise team, the Charlotte Hornets, baby. Well, okay. for all the reasons we already talked about, they won 48 games. They get Michael K. Grill, Chris back. They only lost Jeremy Lin. They have Lance Stevenson still? I don't think they do. Is that guy on a team anymore? I think he's back on the Pacers, maybe. Yeah. He may have finally rejoined the Pacers. Maybe. It's weird, you know? The Pacers were really good. He was really good on them. Yeah. He left, and the Pacers haven't been very good, and he's been Awful. He's been yeah. one of the worst players in the league, basically, since they left the Pacers. It was weird. It was like this guy who had so much potential. Is, do you think it was just they were using him right and no one else was? I don't know what it is. Could be that. That happens a lot. Danny Ainge talks about that. Uh, Celtics GM Danny Ainge, of course, talks about how they see all these guys who they feel are being misused around the league. And so they try and pick up those guys. Isaiah Thomas being a great example of this. And Jay Crowder, too. Where they see them, they feel like, yeah, no one Turner. Uh, Evan Turner, yeah. yeah, where they think, oh, if they just put this guy in this role, he'd be successful. But in that role, eh, not working out so well. And so the Celtics like pick up guys on the cheap, turn them into valuable things, and either trade them or keep them, depending, you know. And mm. it's worked out really well for them. Cool. Now you have to have a great coach. You have to have someone who can see that stuff. It's not easy to do. It's lucky to be a Boston fan for the past ten years. Yeah, bastard. Fifteen, really. Fifteen with the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? And then this uh before we wrap up our this section of our NBA preview yeah, I, for next week. Yeah, yeah, there is something I want to oh, say. Oh, okay, and, look at you. And it's about Chicago because as many of you know, I'm a Chicago fan. Oh, I noticed we didn't mention any bulls in any way. In no, because segment. they're not gonna make the playoffs no. because their roster construction is terrible. Correct. You know what they had? They had this young talent. His name was Tony Snell. And he <laughs> he could shoot the three. He yeah. was a good three point shooter. Yeah, you know something something that you could hang your hat on. Have a good three point shooter coming off the bench. Isn't that great? Isn't that a wonderful thing? Not bad. How about we trade him for fucking Michael Carter Williams, who's never shot a three in his life and is terrible? <laughs> Let's do that. That's uh, what that's what they did. <laughs> to be fair, MCW did win the Rookie of the Year like three years ago. Right? Yeah, and has since been terrible. He's not. That good. I mean, the Philly got Philly jumped at the chance to get rid of him for an unprotected first round pick from the Lakers. Effectively, yeah, they were thrilled to do that. It wasn't really unprotected, but it had some protections. It, I believe it is no longer protected at all, though. Anyway, I'm talking about the Bulls roster construction. The yeah. Bulls have Rajon Rondo, Dwayne Wade, and Jimmy Butler clogging up their backcourt. Well, you None, can add Michael Carter Williams to that now. Yeah, now you have Michael Carter Williams. None of these guys can shoot threes. Jimmy Butler is probably the best three point shooter of them, and he shoots 31. percent Well, I'll say this. You can have a backcourt now, though, of Butler and Carter Williams and at least play big-time defense if, yeah. 
if Butler's willing to do the work to play the defense, which I don't know if he's willing to do anymore. And Rondo certainly isn't. I mean, Butler's going to big-time Chicago, <laughs> big-time all the Chicago fans and not play the D. I think that's what's probably going to happen. Well, How many wins are the Chicago Bulls going to get? 38. Is Fred Hoiberg going to be coaching the Chicago Bulls this time next year? No. Wow, you're so you're so clear about that. I mean, that's mostly wishful thinking. I think he will be. Yeah, I think it's too early for Hoiberg to go. Sorry, I think oh, it's another two. Part of, years of, part of Minnesota making the playoffs, by the way, is the Thibodeau hire. That's, ah, Thibodeau. That's, yeah, Thibodeau. Yeah. That's part of that's part of why I want or think they will. I think he's good for especially a young team. They also drafted Chris Dunn, who's one of the more NBA ready prospects yeah. this year. So that helps them a little bit too. He may be starting very soon at point guard. And if not, he's almost certainly going to be in the rotation right away. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, why don't we take a break? We'll come back with a little LTDFI. We're going to post some problems to the drunk. It's time for a little let the drunk fix it. That's right. Put on your later hosen. Get ready. <laughs> that's good. It's very good. Hashtag LTDFI. That's, of course, if you want to tweet at us your suggestions. Wait, what does that hashtag say for? Later hosen till the death I fight infinity. I think that's too many words. But it felt right. <laughs> okay. LTDFI. It's let the drunk fix anyway, it. Anyway, my point is this. Yeah. this is, I have a very succinct point here. No, we want to hear it. If you're going to listen to the show, yeah. you better be wearing later hosen. Oh, I thought you were going to tell them they better be tweeting suggestions. No, to us. you better be wearing later hosen. <laughs> How about both? Can they not be wearing later hosen while they tweet? Um, I mean, I feel like it would be kind of against character. Fair enough. Well, yeah. Grant, you're eight beers in. I have a question for you. Do you know our Twitter handle? Oh, that's number nine coming right now. There it is. Good it's job. All over the keyboard. Always. Uh, Drunk Sports Show. That's right, at Drunk Sports Show. So please tweet at us your suggestions for Let the Drunk Fix It. This is, of course, where I pose sports and other dilemmas to Grant at his drunkest, and he attempts to solve the world's only, problems. You only say and other because of last week, or yeah. is it because this week there's another and other? You know, I'm like a wild card over here these days. Anything's possible. I guess so. Very exciting. I guess so. The last week we did throw in a little Samsung issue, and you handled it quite nicely. I think that I this cur- week currently Samsung flip phones are worth... A lot of money. Yeah. This week, of course, we're going to start with the Apple iPhone. The, the 7 came. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> no more cell phones. Good. We're at the drunk fix That's it. Good. Thank you. For a while, at least. Okay, so shall we begin with, your, with problem number one? Hold on. Okay. Yeah, now. Excellent. The Sacramento Kings have been a mess for a really long time. Right, so they're going to drop Boogie Cousins finally, like I told them to? Um, They have not dropped Boogie Cousins. He remains probably the best center in the league and on their team. That's probably the one bright spot on that team. A lot of people think it's actually the city that they're in. They sort of don't ever get any real traction. They've talked about leaving several times. They have not. Other people blame the owner, Vivek Randiv. He has subverted his team, many people would say, at nearly every turn, encouraging at one point his team to play four on five. Do you know about this? Yes. Yes. Play uh, the cherry picking. Yes, that's right. So you leave one player at the – well, you play four guys on defense. You leave one player all the way just sort of standing underneath I mean, the it's other not a terrible basket. idea. I mean, except it is. Yeah, it right? is. It's, it's, <laughs> it is it's a terrible idea. terrible idea. Also, there was a video done – ESPN, I think it was – did sort of a uh, – following them along as they went through their draft process a few years ago. And all of the Kings decision makers were meeting with stats guys and all this. They decided the guy they really liked was Alfred Payton, uh-huh. which was, a, I don't know if that would end up being a good pick or not, but he's doing okay. It's I hard mean, to he, say. he still has a lot of potential. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
on draft day, they sort of go around and they say, who do you want to pick? And before anyone says anything, Vivek says, Stauskas, it's Stauskas. And they all say, yeah, Stauskas. And they take Stauskas. And there's thought, anyway, that he sort of pushed them into doing that. Okay. And then no, none of the basketball minds wanted to do it. He, by the way, has since claimed that's not true. And in fact... That he was the one who wanted to take Peyton, and they wanted him to take, take they wanted to take Stauskas, and he only said that for the camera to support them. I have a hard time believing that, but who can say? Okay, he's also giving interviews lately, saying things like, "When I got there, no one wanted to be there." By the way, they had a coach, Keith Smart, who absolutely did want to be there. What was in the process of being fired? The um, the GM was he let go of very soon, but also, I mean, everyone wanted to be there, but he kept claiming no one did. It's sort of a weird spot. You're Adam Silver. How do you fix the Kings? I am the commissioner of the NBA. You can Adam do anything Silver. you want. You're saying that I'm supposed to. I don't know what you I'm somehow not, help this team be better. You you don't have to be Adam Silver. You can be an advisor to Adam Silver. You can be you can be a PR guy. You can be anything you want. Fix the Kings in any way you can fix them. Help them not to be the biggest mess in the league, which is what they've why been do for I a care? Long time. My question is, why do I care? Is Adam Silver? I mean, you, you're the commissioner of the NBA. This is one of your franchises. So a team is doing poorly. It's not just that they're doing poorly. It's that they've been a disaster for about 15 years. Don't you think? Like, this is a team in California. You want California teams to do well. Luckily, the Warriors are. But uh, yeah, they're doing okay. If Sacramento was a great team, remember those years back in the day with Chris Webber and things like that? When Sacramento when, was a good when, team, it you was mean good when for the, the NBA league. commissioner, David Stern, actively fought against them by bribing the refs to do the wrong thing? <laughs> okay, I think you just made up a lot of things. <laughs> I don't know that any of that's ever been proven. I know that um, what Tim Donaghy has said that uh, what Game Seven or Game yeah. Six, not Game Seven, Game Six was uh, the fix was in. No one's ever claimed that David Stern bribed anybody for that. This may be true, but he no didn't one has any proof. Bribed them, but he oversaw it. Um, yeah, again, no one has any. You have no um, anything backing that up, right? No, I do. David Stern told me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, is there any way you can fix the Kings? You're saying, why do you care? This is a sports problem. I'm giving you a sports problem. That's the point of the segment. You could say, what do I care okay, about? Everything. I think the problem that I have is you gave me the wrong guy to be. Okay, don't See, be don't be Adam Silver then. Be um, be Vivek's mother or something. Or you could be, I guess you could be his father. His I, I understand your confidence. I, I understand your conundrum as the person who's posing the problem because the person who seems to be the problem is the owner. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm who, trying to who's give you in control of the owner. I'm trying to give you like as much latitude as possible. That's why I made you Adam Silver. But be whoever you want to be. Just fix the problem. Okay. So hmm, let me see. Uh, maybe the the problem that needs to be fixed is who I can be, and then ah. I can fix the problem of what to do with the Kings. Okay. I think I'm going to be Boogie Cousins. Okay. For great. a second. Exciting. So I'm going to be Boogie Cousins, who the Kings should have obviously dropped as a statement. What Boogie Cousins should say is, if this Vivek guy owns this team for one more year, Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop playing professional basketball because this guy is tanking this team. He is no good. He keeps giving these suggestions. He's a maniac. He just thinks because he's rich, he's right about everything, but he's wrong. And I have this example, this example, and this example, including the draft thing, which you say was debunked by Vivek, maybe. Oh, that. Yeah. But there was the other draft thing, which is they keep drafting centers. Last year, they drafted Willie Cauley-Stein, six overall. This year, they drafted one of the Hernan Gomez brothers, I believe. They also signed Costas Kufkos as a um, as a free agent. They also drafted Scala Seabright, also in the first round, also a center. So they have like five centers on the team, as and they also have Boogie Cousins just sitting there. It's really weird. I didn't realize they drafted Le Seabright. Who they, was? They drafted two centers in the first round last this season. Going into offseason. last year's NCAA, wasn't Scala Seabright like a top three prospect? And yes, then and, and then he was, and then he did nothing. Fell off season. a cliff. Yeah, he had one good game for Kentucky all year. 
yeah, he uh, he's just I don't even know if he has got a lot of potential. All right, how about I'm going to change it up? Okay, good because the Boogie Cousins thing I didn't really buy. I got to tell you, it was a little bit fun. He's not going to. I think it's fun for sure, but he's not yeah. going to forego like twenty five million dollars. I'm going to be Vivek. All right, I like that. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna solve instead of solving what the King's problem is, I'm going to solve solve Vivek's problem of his his identity problem in the public, the way people perceive him. Because Great. obviously That's important. you're grabbing this stuff from the web, right? So this is stuff that people are thinking about Vivek. Absolutely. So the cherry picking thing, right? That was, that was the first thing that really kind of put him on the map. Yeah. So the cherry picking thing to, to define it just once again is four players play defense. We keep one player underneath the opposing team's basket. We hope they don't score and we just chuck it to that guy. Yeah, he yeah. claims, by the way, that he never made this suggestion, by the way. Okay. Just FYI. He claims that, but well, it's pretty pre- much... Well, that's kind of whole, ruining my whole thing. Well, people seem to think, though, that he did. Everyone thinks he did. Everyone thinks he's just lying. So All right, so maybe... All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come clean on that and say that I did suggest Excellent that. start. All right, Excellent so start. I did suggest that, and it's because I truly believe it to be a good strategy. The NBA, obviously, is an amorphous blob of strategy. Mm. Look at the NBA 10 years ago versus now. Good point. Look at how, how valuable J.J. Redick is now versus 10 years ago. Right. Kelly just, Olenek. Just There's a lot a, of guys. Yeah. Ryan Anderson. Yeah. So, obviously, it's not just like the NBA is this stasis, and all the time, the best player is going to be the same type of best player. Also, the best strategy is going to be the same type of best strategy. Sure. So maybe this is a strategy that could really break the league. This is a league-breaking strategy. I like this. I just put these people up one person at the front. And of course, you have to like choose your, your team. You have to construct your roster completely differently. How would you construct your roster to take most advantage of this cherry-picking strategy? I think you go with a lot of long-armed players. Yes. So you get as many long-armed players as you can. So you get you have like four guys on defense with really long arms. <laughs> so it seems like there's five guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, and then <laughs> the guy who's down by the basket, he's incredible at layups. He's yeah. just so good at layups. Yeah. He's like the middle school layup king. It doesn't even matter who he is. But uh, yeah, I, I'd have to. I need some more time to consider. No, this that part. is that is fantastic. Okay. okay, let me ask you a question though. The NBA also, like most sports leagues, copycat league, right? So let's say this Kings start doing this, like about maybe 20, 25 games in, the rest of the league may start doing it too and catch oh, up yeah, right away. Oh, yeah, but no, by, by the time... No, it's going to take longer than that. Don't it worry is? about that. Okay. No, in my strategy, I'm assuming it's going to take longer than that because <laughs> it, you don't even understand the prestige yet. So that, <laughs> <laughs> that was just the turn. Yeah, that was just the turn. So, okay, what's the prestige? So we got, we got this whole strategy going. We're... I don't know, 43 and seven. And it's incredible. It's like how this team with these terrible players, they got rid of this guy. They got rid of this guy. Those guys are supposed to be good, but they don't fit in the modern NBA anymore. Right, now the long armed NBA. Now that I've created the, what the new modern NBA is. But then I have this strategy of these super quick guys who are also really good. Basically, we're going to go back to the normal NBA as soon as everybody else switches. As soon as everybody else switches, we sign for dirt cheap all of the players who are now on the trash heap because our strategy took over, right? Right. Okay, so, well, you know, you actually could because you have 15 roster spots. You could yeah. have, like, seven long-arm guys and eight quick guys who are good at layups, essentially. And the quick guys barely play, except to be the f- the fifth guy who's cherry-picking the whole time. And, you know, you've got... Basically, the seven long-arm guys can be rotating in and out. And as soon as the NBA switches to that, now you've got your quick guy team out there, and you've got five quick guys. And I guess they can run back and play defense quickly enough. Is that the idea? Yeah. And then they're also quick, and maybe the long-arms aren't going to be able to 
I don't get in their way or something. Because of the, the quickness. <laughs> because of the what? I, I, this is a completely unformed idea. So <laughs> because, I, because of the quickness? The first part of the idea, while unformed, was at least a little bit okay. Yeah. The second part, not sure. Okay, okay. No, this is. I think it's great to embrace this, though, <laughs> and rather than hide it. Embrace is, the process. This is the Donald Trump move, right? I don't apologize. <laughs> I own it, and I don't forgive, and I don't forget, <laughs> and that's that. Right? You're going with it. I like that a lot. So, okay, so you're saying we're going four and five until everyone switches, and then we play our, then we play our next move. Yeah. And, ch- and no one's going to have their roster constructed with both of those pieces, probably, except for the except Kings. Except for us. So then you're, this year, you're going you're gonna to win the title this year, almost certainly, right? There's almost no strategy you can play. There's no good strategy. Right, so there's that. And then That's okay, then then to answer the critics of my draft selection of of Nick Stauskas yeah. over Alfred Payton, let's have a three-point contest. Let's just let's, <laughs> let's, let's see who shoots more three-pointers. Yeah, let's I mean, three-points are three-pointers are important in the NBA. They right? really are. They I wonder are. who can make more. All right. Out of 20 um, out of 25 three-pointers, who do you think could make more? Nick Stauskas <laughs> or Alfred Payton? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to guess Stauskas probably. So, seems like it's an okay pick then, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I don't uh, know. No more questions. Okay. That was good. That was a good job. Nice. <laughs> right. Thank you. Well handled. Well handled. Hey, um, as a sort of a sub question to do with the Kings, slightly different, uh, Ty Lawson, they signed to be their point guard this year. Oh, God, why? Um, because Darren Collison, who was supposed to be their point guard, it tells you the situation the Kings were in, right? Darren Collison was their starting yeah. point guard. He, um, he is suspended to start the season. So they signed Lawson instead, who, of course, himself has been arrested four times for driving under the influence twice in a seventh month span last year. And, uh, but he did have a really good year a few years ago, averaged 17.5 points, nine assists, three and a half boards, one and a half steals. Wait, he had one really good year. Yeah, one really good year. He like would have made our top 10 14. point guard. He would have made our that, top 10 point guard. Year. Yeah, I think he would have. He would have been like yeah. nine or 10. Yeah. So if you're the Kings, what are you doing with Ty Lawson? Just as sort of a secondary question before we get to the next true LDDFI. I don't know, giving him somewhere to go before he goes to the next place. I, that's that's what it feels like. I don't know because I, obviously the Kings are not poised to win a title anytime soon. I mean, unless they're doing your new strategy, right? But I don't know. Does he have long arms? He's quick, actually. He really <laughs> yeah. have long arms, but he's but quick. He, Ty Lawson is almost thirty now, right? He's like approaching thirty. I do have his age, and it is twenty-eight. Okay, so he's approaching thirty. I mean, okay, two years from now. I mean, he's he's in his prime. In are theory. you keeping Boogie Cousins or not? Am I keeping Boogie Cousins? If we're the Kings, um, I think we should. I think we're gearing up to trade him. Why would we build our roster full of these young centers with potential unless we were going to get rid of our center and turn right, into so other Ty pieces? Ty Lawson is not in our age tract. Okay, fair enough. That's what I'm saying. That's Got what I'm it. getting at. Our timeline is what the kids call it these days. But yeah, fine. Age tract. <laughs> well, what now? It's called age tract. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, so. Fair enough. <laughs> So I I don't know why we have Ty Lawson. I think it's just to fill a gap, to fill a hole. Yeah, it's some. I you know you're an NBA GM. You're trying to keep your job. That's that's why. Okay, so you feel fine about it. You just don't worry about it and move on. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Not not crazy. Okay. Let's continue on. There's always more we can talk about with the Kings, but let's move on. We have a suggestion from a uh, longtime listener to the show. Okay. Named Jay Recker. You may have heard of him. Yep. He's a big fan. Famous. He asked, uh, he hashtagged this one, LTDFI, on Twitter. Of course, at Drunk Sports Show, if you want to make your suggestions. Smart to hashtag it, or else we'd probably just spit on him. Yeah, that's probably what we'd do. We'd spit on him. Yeah. No, but tweet anyway, people. It's, it's cool. We want your tweets. I will really. spit on you. No, he's too far away. It's okay. He'll only spit on me by accident. Oh, so then you should. You, you guys want to hear me spit on Jonathan, No, right? no one wants to hear that. The audio? <laughs> it's so good. Fine. Okay. 
So let me pose this question to you, though. Okay, ready? The U.S. presidential election is in three weeks. Where are we going with this? <laughs> this is you know, not a politics no, no. show. You're going to see. You're going to see the sports connection. Okay. I hope to. The electoral college is basically a system that's set up where the majority of people can vote and someone else can win the presidency. Mm-hmm. Jay Recker asks that you fix the electoral college. Go. So it is political. It's totally sports, buddy. I mean, it's such an easy fix. Go ahead. Let's see. Popular vote. Okay, but let's let's think about this for a second. Okay, you say popular vote, but isn't the whole point of the electoral college to protect the country from the masses because the founding fathers didn't believe ultimately they could trust the masses and that they might get swept up by a demagogue? One now, I'm not going to argue this, but one some people like let's say on the CNN or something like that might argue like Donald Trump might be a reasonable example of this. Then right? why do we have a democracy at all? Why do we? <laughs> I mean, to, to answer that question, what, uh, why is this the last wrong message? <laughs> um, all right. So got to keep you on your toes, kid. It's clearly an antiquated system. It is based on the collection of data, actually, is the reason the Electoral College exists. It's far easier to collect data in a systematic form like that in the old days. Now it's so easy you can just use the Internet. That sounds completely wrong, i got to tell you. You think it's about collecting data and not about distrust of the masses? Oh, no. Of that, uh, there. Both, both are factors. Okay. Both are factors. Where did you get this collecting data thing? Is this from college or something? I feel like I remember it from somewhere. I feel like you're making it up. It's possible. Anyway, it's possible you're making it up? It's po- that it is possible. <laughs> you, are, you are how many beers in now? Nine beers in or something like that? Uh, yeah, nine. Yeah, nine. So it's fair. Yeah, it's possible. Okay, go on. No, please keep telling us about the Electoral College and the reason. I do for believe it. it makes the data easier to collect. I do believe that. It's, which like, data, a pyra- it's which, like a pyramid scheme which, because... <laughs> Because then you, 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 all you got to do is get like the votes from from the lowest point of the pyramid to the midpoint, and then the high point, and then they give it to the governor. Right. Okay. <laughs> so what da- what data do you think the electoral college is collecting exactly, and who are they giving this data to? The data of votes, and they're giving it to the president. <laughs> the- <laughs> See, I feel like you sort of are trying to fix it. You're creating a new system. <laughs> clearly, a new political system is being created right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm clearly kidding about that. But okay, so <laughs> let's go back for a second. Yeah. Okay. All right, so we're fixing the electoral college. Right. Okay. So how do you help the people to feel empowered, but still don't give them actually all the power? Is maybe the question that's underneath the question of how do you fix the electoral? College. How do you give the people all the power? How do you know? How do you make them feel like they have more power, but don't actually hand them the reins, hand all the reins over to them? That's if the I knew the answer to that question, wouldn't I be the dictator of some country? I don't know. Would you? You like to drink beer and talk sports a lot. You might decide just to hang out. Me and Gaddafi, BFF. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know if. <laughs> I mean, I think the logical answer is the yeah. popular vote should win. Yeah. I mean, that's clearly the logical answer. That, I mean, that's the logical answer. The, the only thing is the founding fathers really had it in their minds that they didn't trust the popular vote, clearly, right? That's the only reason for the Electoral College. So are yeah. we just saying we just decided to trust the popular the vote? The founding now? fathers didn't understand that steam engines might someday exist. So wait, so no, but let's let's get clear about this. But this isn't about technology, right? Like back then, they didn't trust the masses. Do you think they should trust the masses now? I just no, I don't think in. the masses should be trusted at all. Oh, okay. So why would you, why do you want popular vote to be the answer? I'm trying to go with a logical thing, a logical answer to your question within yeah. the system that we live in. Yeah. I mean, if you're asking me to ideologically decide what the best form of government is, go for is it. Is that what you're doing? I'm, I don't know what I'm, I'm asking. The drunk fix it. I was <laughs> I was asked to ask you. 
to say, fix the Electoral College. That's all I was given. I'm so going to say something I've said probably 400 times in my life. Uh, yeah, I know Fine. what this is already. You already do. Yeah. yeah. Well, why did you ask it then? I didn't know you were going to go here. I thought you were going to say something different. Maybe funny. I don't know. This is funny. <laughs> no, it is. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, You're fine. So, Clearly, the best form of government is a benevolent dictator. Okay, everybody should know that, right? Yeah. Like, uh, not not just benevolent, but also a genius. So, like, a oh, <laughs> like Elon Musk if he was nice. Yeah, like okay. a benevolent genius dictator is the best form of government. Democracy is far inferior to that. But the problem is that guy or girl's kid is going to be a piece of shit usually, mm-hmm. and even if they're not, their kid might be a piece of shit. So you can't have this transference of power. Well. And- well, maybe we can maybe I can poke a little hole in your uh, theory here, or not poke a little hole, but maybe help you fix this problem. Okay. Let me say, why does the transfer of power have to be to the kid? Like you're sort of going on a royalty type. You're thing, right. Monarchy. Why you're right. I like guess that? I'm basing this on how dictators have always done it. Yeah. Like yeah. why does it have to be like that? If this is a benevolent dictator, they wouldn't necessarily automatically. So the benevolent. Power. Okay. Oh, this is good. So yeah. we got a benevolent dictator who's also a genius. Yeah. Who find who we call him in, Elon in this. This man or woman's mind finds the next benevolent dictator themselves. Yeah. They have nobody else helping them because that's where trouble comes in. I know this is really opposed to democracy, but is democracy really that great? Let's, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest about it. You got all the dummies voting. What are you going to wow. do? Yeah. yeah. This is what you did. You did this. That's yeah, okay. We only have like 250 listeners anyway. It doesn't yeah, matter. It's fine. Go for it. You're good. <laughs> You're totally good. Go crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe if you just have a, a succession line of this not genetic but just extremely smart, capable people who are also benevolent picking the next most extremely smart, benevolent person, that might be the best form of okay. government. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't hate that. But let me, let me ask a question or two about it, Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, in the book, Swim with the Sharks Without Being Eaten Alive, which is a fantastic business book. You probably have never read it. <laughs> of course I haven't. <laughs> okay. Um, it's written by a guy who's a salesman. I don't remember his name. I don't care. One of the things he talks about is you should never let someone who's in charge pick their successor because they will, even with the best of intentions, often pick someone who's a little less than them. They'll pick someone who's going to do a little worse, so that way it ends up making them look a little bit better. How does this guy know? Um, I think because he saw many many bosses like pick people. Oh, anecdotal not. evidence. Yeah. Okay. This, it's a. It's not. A, it's not. It's a fun book. It's not like. A, it's not a rigorous. Well, you know what book. else is fun? <laughs> what? A benevolent dictator. Yeah. Who picks? Who picks his own guy? You also, know what's going to happen a lot in a benevolent dictatorship? What? Bouncy castles. I like that. I was hoping you say ice cream. Well, also ice cream. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Like fun. Cause, yeah. cause, you know what I like is the ice cream with the bubble gum in it. You yeah. Know, where you get to chew it at the end, you got a big. Big mouthful of gum. Yeah. It's pretty great. Right. Um, okay, here's the other question I have for you about this, though. So I would think it might take a lot of time to figure out who your successor is. If You, you really have to vet the hell out of these people. So how much work is the benevolent dictator going to be doing on that instead of, you know, dictating benevolently? Yeah, that's, that's a question I hadn't considered. Yeah. Gotta throw Unfortunately, that you. because this show is called Drunk Sports and I was <laughs> expecting sports questions, I somehow hadn't prepared for that. <laughs> I see, yeah. Yeah. See. Well, this is why we don't tell you what the topics are going to be ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, I guess you get, you get wacky answers some, yeah. some of the time. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to say... <laughs> I don't know. How is this not the most popular podcast in the world? <laughs> look, at, look what we're doing here. This is incredible. That's a good question. This is incredible. That's a good question. This is not about sports. Is, is it possible you could have um, people whose job it is to find candidates anyway? And so they like basically present to the benevolent dictator, here's all like top four guys. And they say, here's all the stats. You get to meet them How all. How do you pick the, the people who find candidates? <laughs> <laughs> Someone else's job is to do that. <laughs> 
It's a fair question. Yeah. Though. It's true. I mean, you have to eventually, you, maybe you have a chief of staff, and your chief of staff finds people to pick the candidates. Or this pick is the how candidates democracy was herself. created. Do you realize that? <laughs> yeah, it's like, true, we, isn't it? We, we had a conversation right now about how democracy was created because there were people just like us who were like, you know what's best? You know, if just like the smartest, best, most nice person gets to be the person who decides everything. Yeah. Oh, but but then what about this? Oh, well, then I guess we have to figure out what the smartest, best person's time is about. Oh, yeah. then and then and then democracy happened. You know, the founding fathers, not to keep harping on them, they trusted George Washington so much that they offered him the presidency. I believe he turned it down the first time, but ultimately they convinced him to take it. And they, one of the reasons why everything's so difficult now is because the Constitution is very vague about the powers of the presidency because they wanted George Washington to define it. They trusted him enough, essentially, to give him as much power as he wanted to take. And he could do anything he wanted with it because they believed in him so much. It's wow. kind of thinking about sort of like the trust now for like the main candidates— Clinton and Trump, right? So they, they picked the wrong benevolent dictator because he fucking bungled it, right? <laughs> he blew it, but look where we are. Look what he did to us. Look yeah. at the mess we're in right yeah. now. I don't know. He passed it on okay. Was it John Adams was the, the second guy, right? Yeah. America was probably a little better off. You know, if, if John Adams was saying, are you better off now than you were eight years ago? The answer was maybe yes. Yeah. Or four years ago or whatever it was. I don't know how many terms he served. I don't remember back then. I was small. You know. Yeah, yeah, you were. It's you know, it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, it was, ago. It was a bit. Of it was a hell of a campaign, I'll tell you that much. Well, there was a lot of yelling. Yeah, there sure was. Right. It was a. It was a tougher time, you know. It was a bad time. So anyway, I think that uh, Vivek should probably do the cherry picking thing. Yeah, I think that's probably in his best interest. Long arm guys, gotta have people long would arms. watch. Here's here's the thing about that, by yeah. the way, about the cherry picking thing. People would watch Kings games. People who don't care about the Kings would watch Kings games. I have a question about that. <laughs> would they? Like, maybe the first game. Wouldn't it get boring to watch guys? four guys play defense? Every time they get the ball, you just throw it down and someone gets a layup. It's not what if, exciting. What if, what if then he put two guys over there? Oh, so there's <laughs> yeah. only three guys to play defense. <laughs> Eventually, there's nobody playing defense. <laughs> or just one poor dude, yeah. you know? He's just standing under the basket hoping to get the rebound, hoping yeah. they missed the wide-open 14-footer or something, yeah. like 12-footer. Or just getting dunked on mercilessly. That'd be fun to watch too. Yeah, then maybe so. It would then be, people will watch Kings games. If there was only one guy playing defense, maybe then, you're not understanding the external factors here. Yeah, maybe like not. everybody watches Kings games. The Kings become the most popular team in the NBA. Yeah, and then Vivek flies to the moon and creates a colony <laughs> with the money. Yeah, yeah, because there'd be so much money. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, I was thinking also what could happen is um you have the only one guy playing defense, so then the offensive team is like, wait a second, we don't need five guys to score on this guy. We only need three. So we'll put three on one and we'll leave two guys back to play defense against the four guys who are down there, those four long-arm guys who are down there right yeah. now. See, so, yeah, it keeps shifting right. around. It's pretty pretty exciting strategy stuff. Really exciting. This is why we need people to you know send in at Drunk Sports Show and send us their suggestions. If there were human-sized lizards, they would be good in the NBA. Because they have long arms? And sticky fingers. It seems like a perfect place to say we're done with the show tonight, don't you think? Thanks for listening. I hope you learned something. It was a good time for sure. We'll see you next Tuesday night for Let's Run Fix It and the rest of the show.